G'day everybody, something a bit different today. People say they haven't got time to make a podcast or do their thing. I'm driving. I've got another half hour of driving before I get to my destination, then another two hours of driving to get home. Um, I'm hands-free on the phone, just straight out into the camera. Um, I've decided I won't edit this one at all, so you may even see my fingers going to the phone to start and stop the video. Normally I would just trim that off within the phone itself but today I'll occasionally glance at the camera um, I'm just driving so it's it's not dead time you can use it get yourself a decent uh, holder for your phone now obviously mine's down low it's not a particularly flattering angle but it's still doing the job um, if I'm going to do more of this I don't drive as much as I used to in my day-to-day -day, uh, affairs I used to drive about a thousand kilometers a week so anyway, I don't do that anymore, which is wonderful. The, um, the continuation from getting a coach, the, the first part of doing some mental uh, and emotional release work was two things I want to talk about today. One was the looking back at the various decades of life, and I was challenged by my mentor to think of two people in each decade that of my life, so 0 to 10, 10 to 20 and so on, I'm a bit older than 20, um, so challenge to look back at your life and be grateful for two people in each decade and then write that down and speak it out, out loud into a microphone and um, who are these people. So that was quite an interesting challenge um, because it's good memories, it's certainly an easy process for most people to do. Um, usually, you can, you can, oh by the way it's raining so I just had to turn the wipers off. Usually most people can find two people in each decade of their life. If you can't, then I'm really sorry, um, I can't help you with that one. It's, uh, it's a tough time. But yeah, anyway, so look back at your life. Take a, take a few days and think about those people that really affected your life and when I did that one I was quite surprised those people some of them I've known for multiple decades so but don't have one person in multiple decades so two unique people in each decade so that's a good challenge and, uh, and quite an easy process um, as much as I don't like to be introspective I did it and it was it was good uh, it, it reminded me of a couple of people that I hadn't thought of for a while and just the impact and the influence they had on my life in a positive sense. And then also it reminded me of those that were very obvious um, impacts in my life over time. And some of those people to this day I still have personal contact with, which is great and it's really good. I'm 52 now so I've got five decades worth of people so I've, I call it my decades of gratitude. Now what I might do, if I can find the recording I made, I might stick that up on the Patreon page as a, as a premium uh, download. It's not something I really want to share with everybody, but um, yeah, just I'll put it up there as a VIP sort of extra look behind the scenes if you like. Anyway, the second part, that was the harder bit. We um, had to then go back and look at history and issues that had happened in our history and my mentor challenged me every time now what about this 
what what was bad, what was what was an issue, and then what caused that, why is that? You know, constant questioning around each issue to actually have in sort of seven different areas of life anything that had happened. Now, I didn't have to relive those moments, but just to recall them, you know, for instance, I got divorced about six years ago. That was a pretty obvious one. But was that the trigger? Was there something further back? Was there something further back? And we kept looking backwards and backwards and backwards into the history to try and find the root of, uh, of various issues. So that was tough. That was a, a really hard process for me because again I don't like to look back and, and play what ifs but it wasn't a what if it was uh, it wasn't you know, well what if I'd done something different well obviously if you'd done something different something different would have happened that's just logic however the process of just having the list of things that happened was still a hard thing it was it brought up some hard memories um, and again I'm not going to go into each and every one of them but the process was good so, once we had that all down on, on the, well not paper, it was actually, I had it on paper on a notebook and then transferred it to an electronic version so my mentor could see it. The actual MER process, mental and emotional release, um, if you've got any hang-ups from your past, and let me guess, if you're human, you've got hang-ups from your past, unless you've done some serious work to actually dump them. Uh, most people have something that they've got to hang up about. So I can highly recommend MER as a process, as a therapy, as whatever you want to call it. Because, one, there's plenty of case studies. Uh, if you look it up online, you'll see uh, plenty of case studies done where they compared people with problems doing just sort of traditional therapies and then also doing traditional therapies combined with MER work. And almost all the time, those that included MER therapy within their process made far bigger leaps forward in their in their mental health, in their mental state. And I don't think I have any particular mental health issues, but yeah, it's just some hang-ups and the MER was a good therapy for it. Now, in the process of the therapy, and I'm not going to explain it, um, there's plenty of books to read, if you really want to uh, get into it, I can put you in touch with my mentor and she's pretty good at doing what she does. So DM me if you need to. Any, you'll find me on any platform pretty much as at DunkDad, D-U-N-C-D-A-D. But anyway, the, the process was great because when you go through the process, you go back and you, you, you observe these issues in your past from various perspectives. You don't have to relive the pain. I didn't have to relive the process and talk about what had happened at the time. Even though the human body seems to be wanting to share our pain as if that's going to help fix it. You know, if I tell someone my problems, maybe that'll make it easier because they'll have sympathy for me or whatever. I don't think that's a, I mean, that's the traditional therapy model in, in sort of mental health therapy. But I think MER was great in that I went back and just observed the, what happened to those events in my past. As I say, from different perspectives and the different processes involved with MER, 
relive the pain of it. Now, some of them had a little bit of pain attached because they were pretty hardcore uh, things in my life. But I didn't have to relive it. I didn't have to share it. And at the end of it, I just thought, oh, oh I've dealt with that. I've, I've seen it and done it. And yes, it had an impact. It's not that it goes away, but its impact is far lessened. And for lots of people, it's, it's an odd process because I didn't have to tell anybody the details of what happened. I know the details, but nobody else cares. In all honesty, nobody else cares. And mostly, if they're trying to get it out of you, um, you know, it's it doesn't matter. It, it, just sharing it with someone doesn't deal with it. So I'm a bit anti sort of traditional therapy models because I see those processes as um, not trying to fix it because they want you to come back for another session. Whereas for the MER type process, for most people, um, it, it's often a big chunk of whatever's going on, whatever the issues are, can be sorted out in one or two sessions. You don't have to come back for a year and keep going over your issues. So anyway, if you're interested in the MER process, um, as I say, get in touch with me and uh, I'll put you in touch with my mentor. Uh, very worthwhile. Um, aside from that, things are going well. It really put me in a good headspace. I'm in a good headspace right now. I'm just starting to work on processes around getting the business side of things sorted out and going forward with that. And again, that's an interesting process. I talk a lot about processes, but that's life. Life is a series of processes. We, we, we subconsciously have a, a project management brain. We've got to get something done. Or well, most of us have got to get something done. Even if it's as simple as getting up in the morning and you have a morning routine, and it might be just get up and go to the bathroom and have a shower and get dressed and go to work. It's a process. Our brains work with systems and processes. And when you get, when you grasp that, that the whole way the brain works and can be the most effective is with systems, or most times we call them habits when it's a, a, um, a personal thing, then you can really make some inroads of going forward. So anyway, that's about all I want to say on that regard. Something bit of a side issue, one of my uh, core sort of values or around the, the concept of values I saw in a recent movie. So we're just doing a bit of a segue here into a movie called In Time. Um, it's one with uh, Justin Timberlake. He's a, not a bad actor, he's probably a better singer than he is an actor, but it was still an interesting time, interesting movie in that the concept of the movie is that there's no more currency other than time. And everybody's got a clock on their forearm that tells them how long they've got to live. And it counts down by the second. And basically that clock doesn't start until they turn 25. And at 25, they've bioengineered the human to never age. But you get one hour of, sorry, one year of time um, to, to do to live once you turn 25. Now, the interesting part of the movie is you can then trade your time. You can earn time. 
nobody wants that. Anyway, the movie gives a very interesting look at economics in that they're trying to, there's the, there's the very rich who want to be immortal, so as long as they can keep getting time through whatever means, they can stay alive forever. But of course that means some of the poorer folk at the bottom end of the socio-economic scale, and they literally say it in the movie, for some of us to be immortal, then others have to die. And of course the moral position from uh, Justin Timberlake's character is, well, it should be that no one should be immortal if anyone has to die. So it's a very interesting play on, on the concepts of value. So it's a, it's a, a very um, poignant too in that they also then look at, he's trying to do a bit of a Robin Hood type scenario and get, get time from the, the wealthy and give it to the, the poorer folk, but the wealthy people control the, the economy. So all of a sudden everybody's got more money, they just put the prices up. So it's a little economics lesson in there, a little bit of ethics in there, good movie really want to have a good think about the value of things and when you start having to trade literal time for a ride on the bus, a phone call, um, a meal, a, a night at a motel, you know everything has a price and in effect in real life we are doing that. We are trading our time for just that, for stuff, for events, for things, for experiences for fuel in the car, for food in our belly. Um, so anyway, that's just a, a side thought came up with. Um, yeah, if you want to uh, catch up, reach out, send me a DM. Uh, I'll pop this up on the various channels in the next couple of days and hope to talk to you soon.